Bravo lovers, and welcome to another episode of Bravo Tea with Jared B. I am your host, Jared to the B. I hope you all had a wonderful weekend. I had a great weekend. It was a long weekend. It was one of those weekends because, you know, I'm young and wild and free. Um, not so much wild, but I am young and free. Single, out here mingling, not really. Um, so Friday after work, came home, changed my clothes, went to downtown Roswell, had dinner with friends, did not come back home until Tuesday afternoon. And I really hate when I do that to myself because I'm very much so a regimented person on Saturdays. I really like to do my laundry, clean my apartment, run my errands before I do anything else. Therefore, when Sunday comes, I can just chill. I can relax and ease into Monday which is the start of the work week for me because I have a regular eight to five job. That did not happen this weekend. I came home, uh, prepared my meals for this work week. I did my laundry. I did my cleaning. I was able to watch some tennis, the uh, Novak Djokovic and Carlos Alcaraz match at the Cincinnati Open. Shout out to Djokovic, a tennis legend. Um, great match. And then here we are. <laughs> it is Tuesday evening and I am recording a new episode of Bravo Tea with Jared B. So enough about me. Let's get right into it. So we have The Real Housewives of Atlanta. This is season 15, episode 15, titled Sip and spill the tea. So first, I have to point out, this is the third episode in a row where we have an, an appearance from Cynthia Bailey with a confessional, and I'm just asking, is production leaving the door open or cracked for Cynthia to return in a full-time or friend of capacity? That's my question, because I don't think I've ever seen a former housewife make a three or four episode appearance on a show with a confessional for the last couple of episodes of the season. I've never seen it. Maybe it's a first. If it's not a first, let me know. Slide in my DMs at Bravo T with Jared B on Instagram and let me know. Jared, you're wrong. So-and-so did this before Cynthia Bailey, but I don't think I'm wrong. So then we get to uh, the OBGYN and Sanya and Ross go to get an ultrasound. And of course, Dr. Jackie from Bravo's Married to Medicine is Sanya's OBGYN. And I feel like if there is a pregnant Real Housewife of Atlanta, then Dr. Jackie is most likely going to be their doctor. And I love it. I love seeing Dr. Jackie on The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Uh, but Dr. Jackie does inform Sanya that this is a geriatric pregnancy, which is a terrible name. Uh, but this is the case for any woman over the age of 35 that is pregnant. Dr. Jackie also does a quick mention of the maternal mortality rate for Black women. And I didn't learn this or know this until a couple of years ago, but the maternal mortality rate is three to four times higher for Black women than it is for white women. And Black women are more likely to experience complications during pregnancy and childbirth. In addition, Black babies are more likely to die and also far more likely to be born 
prematurely. And this is due to a couple of things, you know, racism, discrimination, and bias in hospital settings, a lack of access to healthcare and even quality healthcare and healthcare services. And lastly, Black Americans experience higher rates of chronic ailments like asthma, diabetes, high blood pressure, sickle cell anemia, Alzheimer's, and most recently, COVID-19. Just to give you guys some uh, facts about the mortality rate. So then we move on to uh, this pa- the past movie shoot. And we get to the shooting of Todd's movie, The Past, like I mentioned, and they are filming and Candy in Todd's home. And Todd says that he's taking a page out of Tyler Perry's book. If you don't know, Tyler Perry's very good at, uh, you know, having a small budget for his films and filming very quickly. And then his films, you know, doing very well in the box office where he is taking home a lot of money because he is also the writer, producer, director, and, uh, you know, he has his own production company and studio, Tyler Studios. Uh, so, you know, Todd Tucker is taking a page out of Tyler Perry's book and they're shooting this movie in their home, which is saving them six figures. Now, some of you might think this is low budget, but I think it's smart because if they save money by shooting this in places that they own, using things that they own, not only will they save money, but they could end up making more money on the back end after they sell this movie to a network, a studio, a streamer, or a cable channel. That's just my two cents. Um, then we get to this party planner for the sip and see for Sheree, uh, excuse me, Sheree's granddaughter, Mecca, um, or should I say glam daughter? Um, cause you know, Sheree's a glamma. Uh, so Sheree has a party planner over to Chateau Sheree to plan a sip and see for her granddaughter, Mecca. And Sheree's house is honestly the perfect place for it because who needs a venue when you have a big ass house like Chateau Sheree? However, the party planner goes through a list of things that Sheree wants and expects for the sip and see. And the last thing on the list, the last thing on the list is the budget. And Sheree says that there is no budget. And this made me pause. I was like, no budget. Because I'm like, where's this coin coming from? Is she by Sheree in the black now? Because I know she by Sheree was in the red. That's what Sheree said herself in the early part of the season. And listen, we all know. I love me some Sheree Whitfield, but Sheree Whitfield loves to skip out on a bill if she doesn't feel like the vendor or the services provided are deserving of it. So now I'm nervous for this party planner. And I also have to point out that, you know, I've lived in Atlanta, Georgia for now over 20 years, and I don't know anyone that has ever thrown a sip and see for their child or grandchild. So now I am convinced that this only happens on the Real Housewives of Atlanta, uh, which is okay. I enjoy seeing the pomp and circumstance of celebrating the birth of a child. Um, but if I'm wrong and a sip and see is a thing that happens in the South, let me know. Again, sliding in those DMs at Bravo T with Jared B on IG. 
So then we move on to Marlo's foster care event. And I honestly have to say, I applaud Marlo for using her platform to bring awareness to the perils of the foster care system, while also celebrating those who were in the system that have made it out and are now accomplished. But what I'm also reminded of is Marlo kicking her nephews out of her home last season to stay with her sister because Marlo was becoming a little overwhelmed with taking care of her nephews. Um, Marlo also used to dog Kenya about the fact that Kenya's mother never wanted or loved her. So like, although I am like applauding Marlo for what she's doing with bringing awareness to the foster care system, I'm also looking at her with a side eye because, you know, Marlo, you've done and said some shady things involving parenthood. I just have to mention that. Um, I also have to mention how Marla was at the beginning of the season versus the end of the season. Let's remember, okay, the first five to six episodes where Marlo blamed Candy for the death of her nephew and, you know, saying Candy didn't reach out and offer support to her and her family. Remember, Marlo expected a check or expected old lady gang to uh, cater the funeral or the, uh, yeah, I guess the funeral. And, you know, it went from that, complaining that, you know, Candy didn't really reach out and offer support to Marlo's family after the death of her nephew and then Marlo's storyline switched to getting her record expunged, going on a date with Scott Lee, doing charitable foster care work. And don't get me wrong, all of that is admirable. But I would like to say that, you know, has Marlo really grown over the course of this season, season 15, which is only three to four months of filming? Or... Is this a course correction from a production standpoint? Like, is production trying to center the focus and clean up Marlo's image? Because honestly, the way Marlo started off the season, and if you are on Twitter, you will see a lot of people were complaining about the way Marlo was behaving, how she was blaming Candy on the death of her nephew and the association between uh, Candy's restaurant and the person that murdered Marlo's nephew. And then, you know, now we have angelic, charitable, happy, you know, Marlo. And so I just, I feel like this switch up is not really based in reality, but based in production, if you catch my drift. Um, so then we move on to this next part of the episode and Ralph visits Drew on set of the past. And, you know, at this point in the game, we can almost expect Ralph to say something that makes him look like an asshole. And he did prevail. <laughs> he prevailed. He comes into Drew's trailer and asks the production assistant if he's going to be able to squeeze out the table. Why was that necessary, Ralph? Like, why was that necessary? How do you enter the trailer being an asshole to someone working on the set? And then, like, you know, Ralph did dap him up. But honestly, I would have punched him in the face. But that person couldn't because, you know, he works on the set of a film that is starring Drew Sidora. And he just can't punch, you know, 
Juice Doran's husband because then he's going to get fired from the film. So like, and I probably would, I wouldn't have punched Ralph. I'm not a violent person. I don't believe in violence, but you know, I would have said something slick under my voice, you know, under my breath. Sorry. Um, and then, you know, Ralph and Drew are talking. Drew's talking about the fact that she feels inspired by this new role. And, you know, she feels some connection to the character that she's playing in the in this movie, The Past. And then we jump to Ralph's self-confessional. And Ralph calls Drew a thespian, in air quotes. And I'm like, it just makes Ralph look like a hater. I'm very confused why he can't be supportive of his wife and her dreams and endeavors. It's very confusing to me. And then he starts interrogating Drew, asking her if they kissed the woman that she's uh, starring opposite of, who plays her lesbian love interest or sex interest. Uh, Ralph is asking, like, did she orgasm like they're filming an adult film and not a feature film? And I'm glad, like, Drew was like, you know what? Ralph is getting on my nerves and he needs to go. Because I was feeling the same thing. I was feeling the same way. Like, if you can't show up and be supportive of your wife, get the hell out. Go home. Take care of your kids, okay? Go home, Ralph. So then we get to the last part of this episode. This is Mecca's Sip and See. Um, and I feel like this event is equally for both Sheree and her grand or glam daughter, Mecca. Drew pulls up which I find quite interesting. Drew pulls up in Sheree's uh, driveway with her readers on, and Drew spots that assistant that was spreading rumors about Drew last season. Uh, we also learned that Anthony, that's that uh, assistant that was spreading rumors about Drew, um, threw a shoe at Drew at a lounge, and the police were called. Now, one thing I have to point out, because a picture was posted after this episode on Sunday that shows Drew in a picture with all the current Real Housewives of Atlanta, including uh, Lisa Wu, former Real Housewives of Atlanta, Deshaun Snow, former Real Housewives of Atlanta. Lisa and Deshaun are OGs. Um, I believe Cynthia was also in that picture. So, like, it, I find it very suspect that in the scene, we see Drew arrive in the driveway of Sheree's home and saying, you know what, I don't want to go in there because of Anthony. And then we see the car back out, and then we see a picture released later of Drew in Sheree's home with a picture taken with the rest of the ladies of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. So I'm like, what in the fakery is going on? Like, production is really slipping on this show. Like, really slipping. Like, it is botched. It is shady, it's suspect, it's disjointed. I don't know what's going on, but I have to say, bring Carlos King back to the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Something has got to give. Because, like, you know, we the viewers should not be pointing out discrepancies in production. We should not be able to point this out. But let's remember, okay, bravo, take note. We've been watching these shows for a very long time. So there's very few things that you can slip past us that we won't notice. So I'm putting you on notice, okay? Um, so then Candy goes and tells Sheree that Drew doesn't feel comfortable coming into the house, even though we know Drew did come into the house, but because Anthony is there. And then Anthony says, oh, he's not worried about Drew's white ass. 
And then he says Drew's marriage is unsuccessful and her acting career has gone down the drain. And Anthony says that Drew still owes him a coin. And the only reason why he threw his shoes at Drew is because she threw her cheap ass bag at him. I'm like, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Anthony came for a moment. Okay. To me, it's clear that Anthony came to this sip and see possibly to have a moment on television. And listen, he got it. He got it. He got a couple of reads in about Drew. And Drew is nowhere in the vicinity to defend herself. Maybe she's still in the car. Maybe she's hiding in Sheree's basement. Maybe she's in the bathroom. Who knows at this point? But we also get a moment where Kenya and Martel kind of clear the air. Kenya explained to Martel where she was, where she was coming from, and Martel apologized to Kenya, and Kenya kind of apologized to Martel. Kind of. She didn't really take ownership of her actions and coming from Martel like that. Um, you know, listen, Kenya gave what we call a classic housewives apology, which is, I'm sorry if I offended you. I'm sorry if that offended you, which is not an apology. It's a non-apology because if you have hurt someone, if you have offended someone, how you apologize is you say, I am sorry that I hurt you. I am sorry that the words that came out of my mouth hurt you. That is an apology, not I am sorry that I offended you. If I offended you, that's not an apology. Sorry, Kenya. But I have to say, we are seeing a lot of familiar faces at the Sip and See. We see former Atlanta housewives, like I mentioned, Lisa Wu and Cynthia Bailey. Uh, I did not know that Deshaun Snow was there until that picture was posted after the episode aired. But we also have Op Apollo, who is the ex-husband of former Atlanta housewife, Phaedra Parks, who got fired for starting a nasty rumor about Candy and Todd. Uh, we also see Sheree's friend. I don't... I'm sorry if I get this wrong. I don't know if it's Tania or Tanya. I'm not sure. Uh, but if you don't remember, this was maybe like season two of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Uh, Sheree's friend, Tania, Tanya, uh, told Nene, you know, because Nene was like, oh, girl, I need to get you a sandwich. And Sheree's friend was like, oh, no, I'm good. I have plenty of room to grow to be your size one day. And Nene was like, what? <laughs> Take a look, because you know I included this clip. <laughs> you're very, very small. Uh, She's tiny. Very, very tiny. Oh, my God. You're very, like, like I'm a two, so you must be a zero. Oh, probably. Yeah. I'm going to get you She's a like, sandwich in just a minute. Don't do She's that, like, I got room to grow. You Like, you know, I have enough room to be your size. Well, what the size is that, bitch? Oh, no, you didn't. Were you trying to call me out? Oh, uh-uh, boo-boo. Ah, that was a hilarious moment. Uh, listen, the beginning years of the Real Housewives of Atlanta, just chef's kiss when it comes to great and raw and authentic reality television. So before this episode ends... We have a moment where there's a family picture being taken and one of the ladies asks if the woman standing in front of Sheree's ex-husband, Bob Whitfield, who used to play for the Atlanta Falcons, they ask, is that his girlfriend? 
Um, and then I, I hear someone say, you know, uh, she looks like Bob Whitfield. And Candy is like, does he have another daughter that we don't know about? Well, it turns out it is his daughter. And listen, I mean, I can't believe Sheree is now just finding out over 20 years later that Bob Whitfield had another daughter because Sheree does say in her confessional that she was aware that Bob Whitfield had two children prior to them getting married. And then Sheree said after they got married, they had two more children. But now we know Bob Whitfield had three children prior to Sheree and Bob getting married before they had their two kids. Um, leave it to Bob. Let, let me tell you something. Anytime Bob Woodfield is on the Real Housewives of Atlanta, it is a spectacle. It is somewhat of a shit show. It's very entertaining, but it always makes Sheree look like a fool. I'm sorry. Always makes Sheree look like a fool. Great television, but Lord have mercy. Bob Woodfield is a mess. Okay? Like, and I love I love that the ladies were questioning why this daughter was a secret. And, you know, Bob was like, you know, back then it was on a need-to-know basis. And I'm like, well, what kind of marriage was Sheree and Bob in where, like, things were on a need-to-know basis? But listen, I digress. It's none of my business. Bob and Sheree are not together anymore. They haven't been together in a while. So I'm going to move on to the real Housewives of New York City. So we have the Real Housewives of New York City. This is season 14, episode 6, titled Anniversary, Not Sorry. So we start off uh, with the scene at Jacob the Jeweler. Um, Aaron, Aaron and Uber basically go shopping for diamonds, okay? Uber took Aaron to Jacob the Jeweler for some diamonds to wear for her anniversary party. And I find this such a flex because it's Jacob the Jewelry. I mean, it's Jacob the Jeweler. Excuse me. <laughs> now, I can't afford any of Jacob's jewelry, um, but I've heard of him. Uh, he is the jeweler to the stars from Jennifer Lopez to Jay-Z, Mariah Carey, Madonna, Rihanna, David, and Victoria Beckham, Kim Kardashian. The list goes on. I believe that Jacob the Jeweler is mentioned in Deja Vu, a Beyonce song featuring Jay-Z, I think she, he, he says something like, you know, we go to Jacob the Jeweler, Lorraine Schwartz, or the dude, baby, if you calling me, I'm calling you. I'm talking spy bags and fly pads and rooms at the Bloomberg and rumors. You on a verge of a new merge? Cause I rock on your fingers like a tumor. You can't fit your hands in your new purse. Woo! Let me shut up. Cause I don't have the money to pay for that song. <laughs> but like I said, listen, Jacob the Jeweler is a big deal. So I think it's cool that Uba is friends or good friends with Jacob the Jeweler well enough to get Aaron some borrowed diamonds for her anniversary party. It's a flex. Uba is flexing right now, but it's a, it's a subtle flex. You know what I mean? It's like a brush your shoulders off kind of flex. And we find out that uh, Uba met Jacob the Jeweler in Monaco, which is the south of France for those um, 
geographically, um, let me just stop. Uh, Jacob, <laughs> the jeweler, and Uba met in Monaco, which is in the south of France, at a charity that involves Prince Albert of Monaco. So that's another flex for your ass right there, coming from Uba. <laughs> Uba's letting you know, listen, I may not have a man, I may not have all the millions, but listen, I don't know what Uba's bank account looks like, but Uba's like, I know some people, and I've been some places, and people know me. Brush your shoulders off. <laughs> so then Aaron tries on a pair of earrings that is $224,000. And Aaron is like, it's it's like a down payment on a house. And I'm like, ooh, how expensive is this house? Okay. I'm like, huh, I don't know anyone that put $224,000 down on a payment towards their house. Most people I know you know, $224,000 is like maybe a hundred or $200,000 off from what their total home costs. Maybe that's even half of what their home costs, but not the down payment for their home. Okay. Listen, I'm in a completely different tax bracket than Aaron. So I don't know about that life. If this were the, if this were Downton Abbey, I'd be downstairs with the staff. Aaron would be upstairs with everyone else. But one day I'll be in that tax bracket, okay? You heard it here first. So then we move on to shopping with Jessel and Bren. And Jessel and Bren go shopping for Aaron's anniversary party. And Bren says that, you know, we learned previously, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Bren says again that she's been engaged three times and none of them worked out because she wasn't ready. Um, she also says that it was easier to say yes to the proposal at the moment because I believe a, a, a producer asked her in her confessional. Um, listen, this is where I disagree with Bryn and I love me some Bryn. Um, I've never proposed to anyone. I've never been proposed to. Um, and I have to say, listen, it may be difficult to say no but I'd rather have my heart broken in the moment than to get a yes to my proposal and then have me think I'm about to get married. I'm about to call my friends, you know, plan a bachelor party. I'm calling my friend like, hey, mom, I'm getting married. You know, something like that. Um, you know, I'm thinking about the future. Do we need to have a home? What are our kids going to look like? What are we going to name our kids? So like, Bren, I love you, girl, but I need you to work on that and do better. Please don't waste these men's times saying yes to their proposal unless you plan on actually walking down the aisle and trying to spend the rest of your life in holy matrimony. Okay? I just have to say it. I just have to say it. So then Bren is trying on dresses and Jessel mentions all the sponsors on Aaron's anniversary party invitation. And Bren, <laughs> Bren says that uh, Aaron's anniversary party invitation looks like a Coachella poster. Okay. The shade. <laughs> and I love the banter between these two. Who knew Jessel and Bren could be such a shady dynamic duo? And I love it. I love to see it. I was not expecting it, but I enjoy watching it. And I'm sitting at home drinking my wine, my butter Chardonnay. I believe it's Chardonnay. 
and laughing my ass off at the shade being thrown by Bryn. Listen, Bryn Whitfield is very sharp. She's very shady and very witty. Great casting, Bravo. Great casting. And great casting for Jessel, too. Great casting. But real talk, real talk, if I'm Aaron and Abe, and I'm planning an anniversary party that's going to be filmed on the Real Housewives of New York, I, too, would probably reach out to some vendors and possibly get a discount. Or, or, Aaron mention the vendors on the anniversary party invitation as a way for the vendors to get free promotion on the Real Housewives of New York, which is aired on Bravo, to bring some business to the vendors. I think any could be possible. Both could be possible. So shout out to Aaron for not only being, you know, economical, but also trying to, you know, give a little boost to her vendors that she utilized for her anniversary party. Shout out to Aaron. So then we jump to Jenna Lyons doing a consultation with Emily Hampshire from Shits Creek. Listen, it took me a moment because I'm watching this Zoom, this FaceTime happening between Jenna and Emily. And I'm like, is that the girl who worked in the motel, the front desk on Shits Creek? And yes, it is. So I also hope that we get to see more of Jenna's uh, interior design work on the show because she has great taste and a great eye. I know this because Jenna Lyons had a show on HBO Max. It might be on Max now. You know, HBO Max is now Max. Uh, and it was called Stylish. Uh, and there was, an, you know, a couple of episodes where she renovated this Brooklyn brownstone for her friend, which I believe is the brownstone that she's talking about in this scene. And this, the, the work that she did with this brownstone is absolutely magnificent. And what sold me was this mural that was hand-painted in the foyer of the brownstone. And I'm still to this day trying to convince my mother to get a mural hand-painted in the in the foyer of her house because there's so much wall space. There's a lot of white wall space. And I'm like, Mom, listen, do what Jenna Lyons did and get a hand-painted mural. It will look so beautiful in the entrance of your home. Listen, one day my mother's going to listen to my advice. <laughs> Love you, Mom. No shade. Um, so then we move on to Aaron and Abe's anniversary dinner. Because it's your anniversary. Your anniversary. It's your anniversary. Let me stop singing. <laughs> so we get to Aaron and Abe's anniversary party. And I must say, oh, no, this is actually not their party. Excuse me. It's their anniversary dinner. Just them two. So I have to say, listen, thank God for my notes, because I would have just gone on and on about the wrong scene. Okay? Thank you, notes. So we have Aaron and Abe's anniversary dinner, and I have to say that they are a sexy couple. Like, you know when you see a couple, and you're like, oh, damn, they're very hot together. And Aaron's got on a long black dress with a high slit up to the thigh, and listen, Aaron and Abe are giving off we're sexy couple vibes, and I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the hotness. I'm feeling the sexiness through the television, okay? It's getting hot in here, but I'm not taking off my clothes, okay? Now, the 
listen, I don't agree with this, but the internet was saying that Abe looks like Tom Wamsgams from Succession. If you are a fan of Succession like I am, then you know what Tom Tom Wamsgams looks like. And listen, I don't believe that is a compliment to Abe. I don't think saying that Abe looks like Tom Wamsgams is a good look. I, I, I don't, I, you know, I think that, you know, Abe is better looking than Tom's Wamsgams. Tom Wamsgams, that's like a tongue twister. Um, but one thing that caught my eye, and I don't know if you caught it, but in the back corner next to that man that was sitting by himself, uh, there was a stuffed penguin. Did anyone notice the penguin? What's the penguin for? Is that like a decor thing? Is that like, is the name of the restaurant called the penguin? Like, you know, someone let me know because, you know, I no longer live in New York and I've never been to this restaurant. So, you know, I'm confused by the penguin, but it caught my eye. And then Abe gifts Aaron with a brand new ring, which is basically a mini ice skating rink on a finger. And listen, don't be fooled by the rocks that she got because she's still, she's still Aaron from the block. But honestly, I would have put it in a safe and there, never wear that ring outside the house. Matter of fact, put in a safety deposit box, Aaron, okay? And have a replica made because we've all seen it on television now. And you can't trust people. People are shady. People are criminals, okay? And people are going to try to come for you. Look what happened with Kim Kardashian in Paris when she was tied up in the bathtub. And look what happened to Dorit and PK. PK Kimsley on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, so, like, listen, Aaron, put that ring away. Put it in a safety deposit box. Put it in a safe. We don't want anything happening to you and your family. I just have to say it. So then we move on to Jessel and Pavitt. And we are in the home in Chelsea with Jessel and Pavitt. And I don't think that these two know that they are comedy gold, just naturally. And what I have to point out before, you know, I discuss this scene is, you know, Jessel has talked about the fact that her and her husband have not been intimate since their children have been born. But like, you can tell that there is a genuine friendship and a healthy banter and a love that exists between the, these two. Like, even though at this point they haven't gotten up, gotten it on at all, like, they're good. Like, they're good. Of course, they would probably want to have sex and get it on, but, like... There's no hateration happening here. There's no there's no fighting. There there's just like great banter. And I love to see it. But Jessel is feeling the urgency and the pressure to get these preschool applications in because you know, if you're not from New York City, uh this is a big deal for people who uh, exists within a certain tax bracket. Everyone else, us commoners, we would just send our kids to public school, you know, like the rest of the country. Um, but Jessel points out that this international preschool with uh, campuses, they have campuses all over the world. And Jessel was like, our kids could be speaking Mandarin, Pavit. And Pavit's like, uh, our kids can barely speak English now. <laughs> like, I love this couple. There's a great balance to them. I have to say, the Real Housewives of New York has some great couples. We have Jessel and Pavitt. We have Cy and her husband, David. And then we have 
Erin and her husband, Abe. So shout out to the Real Housewives of New York casting. We have some great housewives and some great housewives with great husbands. And I hope that it stays like this and we don't, you know, witness a scandal happen in this season or any seasons coming up in the future is what I meant. Then Jessel mentions another school that is $62,000 a year when there are some people in this country that don't even make $62,000 a year in like their paycheck that they work. And like there are people out here paying $62,000 just to send their kids to school. And Jessel's like, listen, Tom Cruise sent his kid here. We could be rubbing shoulders with that. But listen, Jessel, Tom Cruise was not rubbing shoulders with any of those parents from that school. It was Katie Holmes, because allegedly Tom Cruise doesn't have a relationship with his daughter, Suri, because of, you know, those Scientology rules. But I will say, let me get back to the Real Housewives of New York before they come after me and Xenu shows up at my front door. Let me shut up, okay? I love you, Leah Remini. I love you. (laughs) Um, But I've said this before. Jessel's obsession with her kids going to the proper preschool is very New York City. It's a little bit of Gossip Girl and very much so Alex McCord season one from OG Real Housewives of New York. I don't know if you noticed that, but I've noticed it. You know, what I love about this cast is like there, there there are iterations, there are bits and pieces of the old Real Housewives of New York that exist in all these ladies. And like, I love that some of their, you know, their isms, you know, some of the nuances of the season remind you of the old Real Housewives of New York. I'm really enjoying, you know, tying back this current cast to the old cast uh, because there is a through line that exists. There is a through line that exists. And for all you haters out there on the internet that are not giving this show a chance, give it a chance, okay? You can't expect for the first, you know, one, two, three episodes to be explosive, okay? These girls are new to reality television, kind of with the exception of Jenna Lyons, because she had a reality show, even though it was involved, you know, around her business. Um, But, like, these girls are new to reality television. Some of them are new to getting to know each other. So you're not going to get fireworks the first couple of episodes. But, you know, things are warming up. Drama is happening. And I am enjoying the show. Okay? Okay. So we finally get to Aaron and Abe's anniversary party. Um, And the venue is beautiful. I know exactly where this bank venue is. It is off of Chamber Street, like Aaron said. And listen, for us commoners, Chamber Street is a subway stop, okay? You can take the A, C, or E to Chamber Street. You can take the J or the Z to Chamber Street, or you can take the one, two, or three to Chamber Street. Not that any of you asked (laughs) for the subway lines going down to Tribeca, but like sometimes I feel the need to, you know, remind you guys that I am a native New Yorker and I have spent some time in New York City. You know, I I know my places and I know how to get around. You know, I maybe need a day or two when I go home to New York, especially in the city to like, you know, regain, you know, 
you know, the city slicker in me, you know? Like, I kind of get nervous when I go home to New York, especially when I go to the city, because I'm like, oh my gosh, I have my iPhone up, I'm looking at the subway map, and I'm like, what? I know how to get around. I've done this before, okay? I've done this. But then Bren arrives at the anniversary party. Bren is faded. I believe that she's stoned, you know? Don't judge her. Marijuana, cannabis, whatever you want to call it, is legal in the state of New York. But Bren is faded. She comes with the sunglasses on, dressed like Meredith uh, from The Parent Trap, and she has a fur coat on. And listen, Bryn came to start some mess, and I'm here for it. But I have to agree with Aaron. Bryn does look a little suspect wearing sunglasses indoors at night when she could have just gone to Dwayne Reed around the corner, got some eye drops that are a little bloop, bloop. No sunglasses needed, okay? A little drip, drip, and then she's good. And then the rest of the ladies arrive, and Jenna is grabbing Aaron's ass. Jessel and Pavitt arrive in style, and Cy De Silva arrives alone, but with a bob so sharp it could cut a bitch. Okay, cut. <laughs> Aaron asks Cy where her husband David is, and Cy's like, "Yeah, he couldn't make it. Our babysitter's sick," uh, which is a wonderful excuse. Great excuse. Acceptable, acceptable excuse. And then one thing I love about Sai is that she's going to give it to you straight with no chaser. And Sai is like, yeah. And David didn't care to come. He doesn't care about this. He's happy to. He's happy to stay home. And Aaron just like, I get it. <laughs> like that was hilarious. Like Sai, listen, I love you. Shout out to Sai. Um, then the shady dynamic duo are back in action. Brennan Jessel, um, a plate or a glass drops on the floor and Brennan's like, Opa, <laughs> but don't worry. It's sponsored. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I cannot. Brennan's so quick with the shade and the wit, like the wit is off the charts. Ding, 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 ding off the charts. And then we get a quick Housewives crossover with Meredith Marks and her son, Brooks, from the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which premieres on September 5th, only on Bravo, and the next day, streaming on Peacock. Wink. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> um, so then we have a moment between Bryn and Abe, uh, and a lot of people were talking about this on social media. Um Abe, of course, is Aaron's husband, and Bren and Abe are talking. There's banter. Bren is definitely flirting with Abe, and a lot of people on social media got bent out of shape and upset about this and found this inappropriate. But let me make clear, I'm not in a relationship. I'm not married, so I don't have anyone, you know, or a friend to flirt with my partner, my spouse. You know, it's just me, myself, and I. But I feel like it was obvious that Bren was joking around and didn't mean anything by it. Now, it was probably the wrong place, the wrong time to making jokes about like, you know, a thruple, you know, replace your wife with me. You know, it probably wasn't the place for it. But I feel like it was obvious that Bren was joking around. And she did not mean anything by it. And I also have to point out that, you know, Abe didn't really seem uncomfortable with it. And maybe he was like, you know, laughing out of discomfort 
Um, is discomfort a word? I think it is. Let's just go with it. Um, but like, you know, I could also understand how a spouse could find this inappropriate. Okay. I could understand it, but what do I know? I'm single and open for flirtation. So then Jenna Lyons spots a guy she thinks is hot from across the room uh, who looks like Roman Roy from Succession. There's, you know, two Succession references. If you've never heard of Succession, shame on you. Go on Max, not HBO Max, um, you know, and check out Succession. I love it. You really have to get through the first four episodes of the first season. And like that, after that, I was sold. I was sold. Okay. Um, but Side to Silva asks, you know, oh, would you, you know, have sex with a guy again? And Jenna's like, yeah, if it was the right one. And but I have to say, I did look up the Roman Roy lookalike Jenna, and he is in a relationship with a man. So I, I don't know if that would work. Not because he's in a relationship with a man, but because he's in a relationship. Um, unless him and his partner are down for that, you guys DM each other on Instagram, work that out for yourself. It's none of my business. Um, so I did not fart. I'm sitting in a leather chair. That was my leather chair. I just want to clarify that. Okay. Okay. Um, that was not a fault because I would own it if it was. So we also learned that Jenna Lyons is now single, and it seems like it's because this person that she was in a relationship wanted to, in a relationship with, wanted to live a more private life, and Jenna Lyons is a public figure, um, especially now that she is a real housewife of New York City. But I love that Jenna felt comfortable to not only share this with Cy and share this with Jessel, but also share this with us the viewers. So I felt like, you know, Jenna is becoming more open to the cameras being around. Um, and, you know, I feel like episode by episode, we're getting to know Jenna Lyons more and more. Okay. Listen, I like Jenna Lyons. I respect her. She's great. Um, so then we get to the speech portion of this anniversary party. And listen, there's a lot of speeches happening. And the speeches are the toughest part of a wedding to endure. So I can't imagine, I can't imagine having to sit through several speeches at an anniversary party. Like, I personally feel like there should have only been a speech from Aaron and Abe, who are the couple celebrating their 10-year anniversary. And, you know, like when Abe mentions in his speech that he promises to keep Aaron satisfied emotionally and physically, brown chicken, wah, wah. Aaron's like, oh, okay, let's keep that in the bedroom, babe. Let's keep it in the bedroom. But then Aaron's sister confronts the ladies uh, and tells them that it's rude to be talking during the speeches, which is true. But Bren clocks back real quick and asks, are you going to approach everyone else uh, talking during the speeches? And Aaron's sister's like, you know what? That is true. You were right. Let me back the hell up. She's like, listen, stand down, stand down. I didn't mean to come for you like that, Bren. I see you got the sunglasses on. Um, and then some woman's hair got caught on fire and uh, Side De Silva decided to go to Nobu because she was hungry. Listen, let me tell you something. Y'all better get it together when it comes to 
inviting Cider Silva to an event. If you do not have a full spread, a full meal, just feed Cy, okay? Feed her. Feed her, okay? She is a pescatarian. She is hungry. She is petite, but she has the appetite of, I don't even know, an animal that has a large appetite. I, I can't even name it. So let me shut up. But like, please feed Side to Silva, okay? So she won't be throwing shade at Aaron's hostess <laughs> abilities, okay? Because Sai has been really, you know, dragging Aaron and her inability to host a proper function, especially with food. So that was this week's episode. Not this week's episode. That's this episode of Bravo Tea with Jared B. Um, of course, I thank you all so much for listening and watching this show. I appreciate the support. Continue to tell your friends, your family, your co-workers, your loved ones, your cats, your dogs, your lovers, your aunts, your uncles, your grandmother, your mother, your father. Tell everyone that you know of this great podcast. I'm going to mention it. Bravo Tea with Jared B., you can watch it on YouTube. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on iHeartRadio. You can listen to it everywhere. You can stream your favorite podcasts, okay? You can follow us at Bravo T with Jared B on Instagram. You can follow us on Bravo T with JB on Twitter. You can follow us on Threads. You can follow us on TikToks, okay? Follow, follow, follow. And also, if you are a new listener or if you are old listener, please leave us a review. Five stars, five stars. It helps us move up in the algorithm so other people can discover us. Um... Listen, I love you for listening, and I will see you on Friday for the newest episode of Bravo Tea with Jared B. Have a good one. Bye.